So thriving in today's fast-paced world of change and disruption requires innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that explores the ins and outs of innovation with raw stories, real insights, and practical advice from the best and brightest in the world of startups and innovation. Each week, we'll bring you the latest ideas in lean startup, design thinking, corporate venture capital, and more. Now, let's get started. Right, Brian. Uh, we're back with the Inside Outside podcast. Inside Outside Innovation. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all that innovation that's happening inside of corporations and outside. Uh, one of the things that you know, I, I was talking to some people just last week, and the quote that they gave to me was, "How can I get my entire company to be more innovative?" <laughs> and uh, it's something that I hear all the time from people, and. Uh, I, I understand the genesis and why they ask that question, but I wonder if the expectations are maybe a little bit off. I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people, this, obviously innovation is such a buzzword now. I think it's important probably for us to maybe set what's really important uh, for an organization. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of research done around this particular topic, and I think it gets oftentimes confused. Uh, and you hear a lot about... You know, a lot about the things of... of what we need to innovate in terms of new products or new services or internal processes or whatnot, but not all flavors of innovation are the same, right? No, I mean, a lot of people think innovation is, well, I've changed my red pencil to a blue pencil, now I'm innovative, uh, when that certainly a form of innovation, but what we're talking about, and I think where the game changers and where you're hearing a lot of uh, buzz about innovation, it's more on the, the, the forward disruption type of side of innovation and, and how it's really going to change your industry and change the dynamics because ultimately that's what's going to affect your business the most. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, you know, you and I talk a lot about going back to the work that McKinsey Consulting Group did in the alchemy of growth and looking at innovation as kind of at the different time horizons that you're looking at, right? Horizon one, two, and three, uh, with horizon one really being the optimization of what I'm doing today and and incremental improvements. Uh, Horizon two and three, though, getting more into new opportunities, maybe tweaks or extensions of your business model, and three, almost getting to brand new or different business models in and of themselves. And I think it's really important for organizations to classify or at least think about innovation in these different buckets versus just tackling it as we need to be way more innovative. Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot about the Horizon three types of innovation and what you see in the horizon three is, is that startup kind of innovation, the, the folks that are changing and are working on brand new business models that are, are disrupting the existing uh, world that's out there. And so I think a lot of the times uh, on horizon three is what most people are talking about when they talk about the, the innovation that's really going to make and change the world. But I think there's important things to, to focus on from an organization perspective uh, on the horizon one and horizon two. You can't just jump to horizon three and expect uh, everything to work out. Absolutely. You also don't want your entire organization focused on Horizon 2 and 3 work. You still have your core business. And so I think that's one of the first distinguishing points, back to that original question of we want our whole company to be more innovative. You still need a really strong core group of people 
who are focusing on the core business and continuing to find ways to optimize. I mean, that's where traditional incentives, traditional management looks at how can we continue to do more and more upon this proven business model that we already have. Um, and then you can take a lot of the spoils from that and, and figure out the best approaches to be able to get to uh, some of those more uh, riskier innovation efforts that might be on horizon two or three in terms of the time and length and, and how far away they might be from your current core business. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the gaps are with regards to innovation training and, and innovation in general. It's that gap between the optimization engine, uh, as Andrew Breen uh, from American Express talks about, uh, and the innovation engine. You know, this part of your business that has really been designed and you've worked it out and you've figured out a way to make money and profit. And now you're focused on optimizing that, optimizing that. Um, and yet you need to have some portion of your business that's focused on that third horizon so that you're not uh, disrupted. You're not eaten by a, a hundred startups that are uh, trying to change the game. Mm-hmm. Now, now, some people, I think. Well, then say, where do where do terminologies like uh, agile and lean startup and design thinking play in, in these three horizons? Is there a place for those things kind of in the core business in, you know, specifically kind of horizon one incremental innovations? And, and I'd say yes. I mean, those are different methodologies. If you're thinking about how can we improve the customer experience for our, our clients on our website right now, there's absolutely a place for agile or design thinking uh, in those approaches. Um, but it can also be used as you're thinking about how are we testing out brand new business ideas or brand new products or services that maybe have never even been done before. I think when you're talking about lean, uh, a lot of it's really about how fast can you learn uh, and creating a learning organization. And that applies whether it's, again, horizon one, two or three uh, types of innovation. So I think the the methodology, techniques, uh, tactics are appropriate. I think it's uh, the, the differences and the challenges come into play is Maybe you're not using the tactics or, or, or uh, it's not as effective at particular areas of time, depending on what you're trying to accomplish with it. Yeah. More about the goals. Yeah. So, so, so do you think when people are saying, I want to have a, a truly innovative organization, uh, is it better to say, I, I want to have a, a truly learning focused in organization uh, instead of just truly innovation focused? I mean, if everybody was focused on learning, uh, would we get to the results that we're looking for? I think that's a better approach. I mean, I think a lot of times also, again, the term innovation is such a buzzword and uh, it can mean different things for different people. But the idea of creating an organization that learns and adapts quickly, no matter if they're you know adapting with existing processes or trying to you know swing for the moon and, and try to uh, do something totally different, um, the faster and the quicker that you can learn from the experiences in the marketplace, the more likely you are to get to a, a, a an outcome that you're trying to find. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll definitely, through some of our future podcasts, we have interviews. We're going to dive into some more of those tactics, and, and we'll discuss those a little bit further. But I, I guess I just want to hang a little bit on, again, how much of the organization should be focused on you know these Horizon 2 or Horizon 3 levels of innovation. I wonder, are, are there specific percentages or times or, 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 or amount of resources that should go into each of these different buckets? Um you know, some of the things that we saw very early on maybe even suggested that, and maybe this was some of Andrew Breen's work as well, that, that was really about 60% should be focused on that optimization, maybe 30% on that Horizon 2, and maybe 10% on that Horizon 3. But really, I think dependent upon the industry or the context or everything around it, you probably end up shifting and changing those numbers. Yeah, I think obviously if you're at a newer organization and in a brand new industry, you're probably more likely going to be spending time uh, you know, at the Horizon 2, Horizon 3 unknown 
um, unknown marketplace, unknown um, customers, you have you have less you figured out. And so the more the less you figured out, the more you're likely you're going to be spending in times in that Horizon Two or Horizon Three type of uh, search mode uh, of trying to figure out what's working and what's not working. So you know some of these newer startups and that are probably spending more of their time. You know maybe 50% of the time they they're optimizing what they've figured out is, is working. Another 50% their time they're working on quote unquote innovation or new new features, new products, new services. Um, that serve a different market or, or, or similar market. Yeah, I had a conversation uh, with a company down in Latin America, a, a more traditional media company, and they're very much in a spot where they know that their uh, primary core business is going to be gone in the next several years. And so the amount of time and money that they're prioritizing on some of those Horizon 2 and 3 initiatives is, is much greater, as, as well it should. Uh, but I don't know if enough executives are having those level of conversations about um, I think many times I keep hearing people diving more into the tactics. Oh, we need to we need to spin up an accelerator internally, or we need to train everybody on on lean startup. Um, and maybe not enough conversations are happening at that higher level about really are we understanding the level or expectations of the innovation initiatives that we're having, and are we allocating resources appropriately into those different buckets? I think that comes down to a, a, an interesting point from the standpoint you really should probably map out your innovation and try to understand, again, what are you good at? What should you be doing yourselves um, versus maybe looking for external sources of innovation, um, whether that's you know acquiring a startup or or partnering with people outside of your industry or bringing in experts or consultants from areas uh, that you're not familiar with, um, even looking at different industries themselves for ways that you can innovate and change the way you're currently doing things. Um, but I think it's important to understand, again, coming back to that context of innovation, you know, what are we innovating? Are we, are we, and what, what does it mean when we say that we're innovating uh, and knowing what's internally, what can we drive and what can we actually execute on versus where do we have to go outside for help? Sure, sure. No, I think those are key. So as we're talking about how companies are allocating their different resources and time and money, it brings to mind a concept that more and more people are using around an innovation portfolio. Uh, now, we, we typically think of product portfolios, uh, obviously, in, in, in product and service companies, where you can see more or less what stage each of our products are on uh, and all the different metrics that are accompanied uh, with, with kind of thinking about our products and the life cycles that they're in. But an innovation portfolio of sorts almost starts to think about the funnel that you have and the different stages of particular ideas or ventures uh, that are going through your organization. Um, and, and that's whether they're in your organization themselves or potentially with acquisitions or partnerships or other things that you're working on. Right. It's almost like a venture capital model to, yeah. to innovation and, and, and approaching innovation much like a, a venture capitalist does. So if you think about the uh, typical VC, they're obviously... In the realm of innovation, they're dealing with complete unknowns, brand new markets, brand new uh, business models, and their job is to look at at the mass of new companies and new ideas, and then place bets basically, yeah. and try to understand, um, you know, which part of my portfolio, um, knowing that you know, seven, eight of those are probably not going to be where I want them to be, and hoping that one or two of them gets that that home run. Um, so taking a similar approach from a corporate perspective and then look at uh, the portfolio of ideas and opportunities out there and uh, do similar, you know, bets, you know, basically uh, seeding a lot of yeah. ideas. And then from those seeds, double down on the winners or the ones that are, are, are showing some traction uh, and using that particular model 
Yeah, the, the, the specific model that I've seen uh, General Electric use, uh, GE's FastWorks uh, model, as, as they look at their innovation portfolio, is kind of interesting. Uh, they kind of have a bucket into three different stages. The first one is focused on, on seed, and, and that's really trying to answer the question, should we even focus on this idea? Um, you're putting a little bit of money into it. You're, you're testing. You maybe have a core group of people who are out there trying to validate some of the riskiest assumptions about that potential product, idea, or business model. If, if it passes that stage, now is when they start thinking about bringing in a cross-functional team into what they call their launch stage. And it's really about fighting as much as you can for the traction that you can potentially get. Testing out different channels, testing out different ideas, and just trying to see if this has legs. But even there, it may not be a sure bet that it leaves that launch or that that um, you know seed stage really to the scaling stage that they have. Um, and it's at that point when you're really starting to not only add more resources to it, but it's not until that third stage that you really start applying maybe more traditional profit and loss type. Uh, more, 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 exactly. Yeah. All of those things that might be actually used like an existing business unit. Yeah. And what it allows the teams to do is it allows them to act more entrepreneurial from the standpoint of, you know, they have to work off limited resources, uh, make the right bets, do the right experiments, and then show traction. And then each gate, um, you know, rather than going to a, a venture capital to get the you know your series a you go back to your group and say hey i've crossed these particular gates here's the traction we've got um what's the next thing that we need to do let's give a little bit more money to this and uh it's it's very much um uh, a similar type of process that a startup would go through mm-hmm. well that's it for another episode of inside outside innovation thanks for coming out thanks for tuning in uh, reach out and let us know uh, what you're thinking uh, give us your feedback uh, you can reach us on twitter at the io podcast and if you have 30 seconds to spare, please, we'd love to hear from you on iTunes as well. Go over there, review us, uh, give us uh, an opportunity to uh, earn your trust and business, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Till next time, go out and innovate.